I'm here to listen to the cat conversation. All right. You found your way back to Making Sense of Pets, the podcast. We're your hosts. Veterinary technician Ryan Frazier. Becky Mosser. And Angie is not with us today because she is out working the front lines at the ER. Yay, Angie. But in place of Angie, we are really excited for today's guest, one that we have had on once before. So he is our very first ever repeat guest, but one of my favorite people in the whole wide world and the best to be here for this conversation today, Mr. Steve Dale. Thanks so much much for being here here with us. Oh, I'm thrilled to do this. Uh, Particularly, this is one of my favorite topics ever. So tell us, what are we doing today? You tell the world your favorite topic ever. (laughs) Well, first of all, we should back up just a little bit because people may not know. I'm a a certified animal behavior consultant, so I am not a veterinarian, uh, though I am honored to work with veterinarians all the time. I'm also not a veterinary technician or a veterinary nurse, whom without, uh, and I say this at every conference I speak at, uh, anywhere on the planet lately, from my living room or my office, which is so hard. I will tell you the, so I hop on an airplane and the flight is say two and a half hours. I go from my office to the living room to speak with my little setup in the living room. And it takes three and a half hours because in between is the kitchen. But that's a whole other issue. Well, you make a really good point there, right? And like the the plane leaves with whether you're having a snack or not. So maybe you get more in line at home. <laughs> but I will tell you always when I speak at conferences and and you probably know this Becky, every time I speak, I say this. How many in the room are veterinary technicians or nurses? And depending on where I'm speaking, either a person or two or 102, however many, raise their hands. And then I say, and I mean this, thank you. Because without you, this profession could not be what it is. And without you, we would not get the care for our pets as pet parents that we've come to expect. Uh, And while that's always been true, I would argue it's even more true now. Because it's your colleagues that are running out in the rain and the snow to get the dogs waiting or the cats in the parking lot and bringing them in. Dealing with clients like me who say, why can't I come in? Or what's really going on back there? Or what did the veterinarian say to me? Because I didn't understand a word of it because our connection was bad. Or I didn't understand a word of it because they talked medical and I don't speak that language. It's the technicians and the nurses that do all that and so much more. So thank you technicians and nurses for all that you do. So here I am, a behavior consultant, but working in the world of veterinary medicine. Oh, and incidentally, I host a couple of radio shows about pets. I'm on WGN Radio in Chicago. I host two national programs. I write for Veterinary Practice News. Oh, and I write for the Journal of the National Association of Veterinary Technicians in America. Check out my column, if you've not done that, in the NAFTA Journal. And uh, Catster, and pretty much any publication uh, about pets, and have contributed to many books. I've written books, etc. That's just a backdrop, because I think it's an important backdrop to understand when a very old friend of mine, he is kind of old, Dr. Marty Becker, came up to me several years ago 
at I don't remember which conference. I think it I think it was VMX, which was then called the North American Veterinary Conference. Still came up to me and said, "Let's have coffee because I have an idea and I need to tell you about it." And this idea, which he called Fear Free, was all about minimizing fear, anxiety, and stress of veterinary visits. And he pointed out also enhance enrichment in homes. And I had just gotten done, literally walked off the stage talking about enrichment for cats uh, because we live in a nation filled with brain-dead fat cats. And I was talking about how we can fix all that. And he said, now you could fix all of that because we're going to work. In fact, enrichment is going to be a very important part of what we're doing in this fear-free initiative. Are you in? And I said, you bet I'm in. You know, actually, um, we're, we have an we have an anniversary today, Steve. I don't know. Did you know? It's it's our five year friend anniversary, and um, it was VMX back when it was North American Veterinary Conference. So I I just met you five years ago today ish. We were Facebook official. And I believe it was in that time or right around that time frame when the first board of directors were getting together and having this conversation and talking about what this looked like. And I remember kind of being on the periphery and hearing just the excitement and some of the most respected people in the industry that I knew were, you know, in this room having this conversation about what the foundation would look like for this new formalized way of reducing stress and fear in homes and in the veterinary clinic. And it was really, I mean, this is kind of going to, going to be a game changer. Yeah. I remember at that first meeting, uh, seated to my left, uh, was, uh, Dr. Sophia Yin. Uh, the late Dr. Sophia Yin. And uh, we had many conversations offline uh, about Fear Free. Uh, and you're right. I mean, uh, the veterinary behaviorists uh, have been leading this effort. They didn't give it a name. It wasn't called Fear Free, but they were supporting doing all the things that Fear Free stood for at the very beginning. Now Fear Free stands for much more than that, which I'll talk about. Uh, but the veterinary behaviorists were there from the start, and so, so many, as you point out, other leaders in veterinary medicine. Yeah, it was, I mean, I- incredible folks on the, on the foundation here. And I just want to say, there's, and, and kind of differentiate, there's two different pillars we're talking about here. So there's fear-free veterinary clinics, veterinary technicians, practices, um, certification on that side, but there's also this fear-free home side of things. So can you just kind of speak to the differences and we're really focusing on the fear-free home side of things today? Well, Dr. Becker, I don't know how he, I mean, first of all, he is, uh, this one veterinarian is, is, uh, um, he's a force of nature. I don't know what, I mean, no one else could have done this. I mean, other people might've thought of the idea, but no one else could have sold it like he did. And it came, it came at the right time. Um, as millennials in particular are more interested in wanting to do anything and everything they possibly can do for their dogs and cats, uh, this initiative came about. And the public has jumped on board, which, which I'll talk about uh, in a moment. Uh, but I'll back up and explain. 
So when Dr. Becker first began all this, he said, well, let's have a certification for veterinarians, individuals, individual technicians or nurses, and entire practices. Uh, and that's exactly what has happened. Now, you've been around veterinary medicine, Becky, for a few years. And, and yeah, not too many, really. Uh, but you know, enough, you know, and Ryan, you've been around veterinary medicine. I have never seen anything. I mean, initiatives come and go. Efforts come and go. I was there when an organization, I was a co-founder of something called the Catalyst Council. I remember it took a year for people to learn about it. And then a year later, it wasn't as exciting anymore. <laughs> Two years later, three years later, whatever that was. Um, this took off. And I don't believe. There is a veterinary professional that's not heard of Fear Free at this point, which is amazing. And to me, that only demonstrates uh, that there, there was a need for this uh, because everyone jumped on board. And, and then here's what happened. Shelters said, we want to be a part of this. So now there are Fear Free shelters, which incidentally is free to the shelters. I think every vet school in America has a fear-free program now. And and soon vet schools on the other side of the pond uh, will have fear-free programs. Things are being translated as we speak into Spanish. Uh, and I, I know that I've presented about fear-free in Mexico. It's been translated because my Spanish is, is no muy bueno. So I'm translated when I speak Spanish in, in Mexico and other Spanish-speaking countries. And... I've spoken about Fear Free, and because of that interest, uh, now things are going to be all the information about Fear Free will be translated into Spanish. It's a effort that actually a friend of mine, I want to give this a mention, uh, a veterinary behaviorist in Mexico, Dr. Moises Heybloom, uh, really was, he said, I want to have everything translated into Spanish. And uh, yeah. tragically, this legendary pioneering veterinary behaviorist in Mexico uh, passed away suddenly, and uh, there's a book out now that I want to plug, Taking the Lead, Learning Through Love and Friendship with Dogs. Dr. Uh, Moises, or Moses Heybloom, really wrote it, and it's his wife, Rose, who, uh, who finished the book. And I, I want to mention that because it was his dream to have this happen in Mexico, and it will happen in Mexico and other countries around the world. I mean, this has truly taken off. As dog trainers have said, I want to be fear-free. And dog groomers have said, I want to be fear-free too. And now there's programs for groomers and for trainers. Now, to your point. At the very beginning, Dr. Dr. Becker realized, uh, and I and I'm sure others agreed with him, what is the point if you can't reach pet parents? And also, there's so much. So much, which, by the way, Becky, you, I believe, and Ryan can speak of through personal experience. So much misinformation out there. Uh, so people go to Google whatever it is that's going on with their dog or cat, or for that matter, pet bird, parrot, or ferret. And while the information may be great online, oftentimes it is not. Anything but. Uh, and, and we created a website. Actually, I didn't create it. I just contributed to it. And continue to contribute to it. But uh, Fear Free created a website called Fear Free Happy Homes. 
What's really cool about this, even if I'm supposed to know what I'm talking about, and even if I write a story, that story is then like peer-reviewed by a veterinary behaviorist and a technician who is certified in behavior, both. Uh, to make sure that every perspective is covered and the facts are right. I mean, who ever heard of a website for pet parents, for people who have dogs and cats and other pets, that the stories are peer-reviewed? It's not written in a scientific way, uh, but it's all based on science. And I think that's the coolest thing in the world. Plus, there's other things to do on this website that are fun, uh, activities for kids, uh, there's there are lots of videos to show you things that are helpful, like uh, what the dog might be saying to you when that tail wags that you don't think the dog is actually saying to you, kind of thing. Uh, in in addition to all of this information that's available there, um, and sometimes, by the way, freebies. And I'm all about freebies. Free, in fact, is my favorite four-letter word. <laughs> You can, I'll post a link to it on our Facebook page. So if you can find us on Making Sense of Pets, you can find that link there. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. And, and so tell us who can take, you know, part in this. What does the course look like? What does the training look like? You know, what's the point of all of this? Like, what is, what can one expect to kind of come in and out of with this experience? So the point of all this really is that there are so many pets Dogs and cats it's, is really the focus, but not limited to dogs and cats, who on a daily basis live a more stressful life than you might think. Now, a little bit of stress is uh, adaptive and, and healthy for all of us, uh, whether it be human beings or dogs or cats. A little bit of stress is just fine. It's perfectly normal. But to live day in and day out or most days with stress we know that's not healthy. We know that it can impact uh, quality of life, for sure, as well as the length of life and the, the health of your life. And, and if you're thinking, well, that's true for me, you're right. It's true for people. So, yes, we all have times in our lives where there is going to be some stress, whether it be at the workplace, whether it be with a spouse. And sometime that really takes a toll. And it usually takes a toll because of the depth of the stress and also the length of time that that stress goes on. So if we're talking about, you know, a divorce or something, and it goes on for years, and sometimes they do, that really can take a toll. We all know people that that kind of thing has happened to, right? Well, it's really no different with dogs and cats. They are wired pretty much like we are. And, well, they don't have to worry about paying lawyers for divorce, they do have other things that they do worry about from their point of view. So if it is a cat, for example, let's say that cat is consistently scratching at the sofa. And let's say you don't like that. And your answer to that is just to watch over the sofa the best you can and run up to the sofa when the cat is scratching at it and run up to the cat and say, no, 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 no. Well, from the cat's perspective, the cat has no idea why you're saying, no, 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 but understands you're not happy, but doesn't understand much more than that. And over time, that, if that happens every day or multi-times a day, 
you're talking about a cat that's going to undergo a lot of stress. And there are better solutions that far benefit the cat and, incidentally, your sofa as well. If you live, say, in Florida and have thunderstorms at least all the time in the summer and even in the winter, and that dog happens to have thunderstorm anxiety, well, it's not every day, I hope, the rain. I, I hope we don't have thunderstorms every day, even in Florida, but they do happen frequently, really frequently. And when left alone, what we know is thunderstorm anxiety, and most anxieties, actually worsen. I mean, people sometimes think, well, the dog will figure it out, you know, nothing's really going to happen during the storm, and uh, three weeks from now, three years from now, the dog will figure it out. Well, it's still going on three years from now because the dog didn't figure it out, and it usually worsens actually, over time. So that shouldn't be. So this website, more than anything else, and I'll tell you about other things available on the website, but this website, more than anything else, provides information to give pet parents scientifically sound, easy to understand, explanations to deal with issues like that. As a part for the thunderstorm anxiety, what kind of suggestions do you have to make it a less less fearful for the pets? Well, uh, education is the one-word answer. So pet parents understand a couple of things. First of all, uh, that their pet is suffering. You know, and you may not see it as such as a uh, if you have a dog or a cat and the cat is scratching at the furniture, like the example I gave, and you're yelling at the cat every day, you're suffering. <laughs> well, there may be some yeah. truth to that, but in fact, it's the cat that's suffering because the cat isn't given an explanation as to why you're so angry. Uh, again, it's from the cat's perspective. Cat is doing what cats do. Someone who loves the cat and the cat loves is running up to that person, screaming at the cat, who's very angry at the cat, that much the cat understands. But that's about all the cat understands. No alternative scratching post or place to scratch is offered. So the cat doesn't really kind of get the concept of why the person is yelling. Uh, So over time, that takes a toll. Uh, So people understanding that these kind of things are a problem for their companion animals, even if they don't see it as a problem. Because we're not cats, we're not dogs. But to try to better understand from the dog or cat's perspective is one thing. So that's one thing the website does. Another is to give appropriate, scientifically sound, easy-to-understand solutions for all of these problems uh, that are right, you know, based on what experts and absolute experts tell us to do. Um, And always, always using positive reinforcement, by the way, always uh, using a method that is not only scientifically sound, but most humane. Uh, So those are two things that the site does, for sure. And then there's some other things, you know, like there are offers on occasion for discounted items or free items, that kind of thing, which is fun. Uh, But it's the information that is unique here, I think. So, you know, I, I love that you talk about education, and I think that's the important focus, right, is because it's flipping the narrative flipping what folks understand so like to ryan's point the thunderstorm anxiety you know people have a tendency to react the way that they know so such as either um 
giving a sedative but nothing for anxiety right we know like uh oh benadryl let's throw some benadryl yeah. at them and make them sleepy um we yell at them or we coddle them and we know that kind of all of these things uh can have negative reactions and responses and then you know kind of going back to your your scratching example ultimately all of these things affect the human animal bond right and you and i both work together on the Human Animal Bond Association and you either become frustrated or you become angry and these types of behavior issues, whether they're just fear-based, aggressive-based or destruction-based, land pets back in or into shelters, right? Number one reason. And so the bond, it's easier to get along with your pet, right? Like it's easier to like your pet than to feel frustrated with them. And that's a lot of the basis of of, of this whole process of being fear-free. But one thing I wanted to ask you to kind of talk a little bit about is, you know, fear-free doesn't mean we teach the dog to be a f- brave for thunderstorms, right? We don't, we don't just sit down and explain to the dog. Thunderstorms aren't scary and, and you can't scratch on the on the couch. There's a whole concept to it. So what makes it fear-free? What is the process? What is what is it that, that makes this different than any other training program that are, is out there? Because frankly, as you know, we can go online and find hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of literal certificates in training yeah. um, that, that not, not, no one you or I would associate with would actually approve of. So what makes this what it is? That's a great question. Uh, So this is not a training website per se. It's bigger than that in in many ways. However, your question is absolutely valid. And I referred to two words earlier, positive reinforcement. Uh, And I suppose the nuts and bolts of it is anything that is done is done with science as a base, first of all. And that would include, because science has demonstrated over and over and over, that the best way, the most efficient way to train a dog, a cat, a parrot, or a ferret is positive, re- or, or a person, I suppose, is positive reinforcement. I don't know anything about training people or teaching people, but I do know a bit about training dogs and cats. Yeah, cats too. And it is all about positive reinforcement. It is certainly the most efficient way, but it's also the most humane way to train. But fear-free is also about, I want to circle back to the origination, and that's getting pets to the vets. You know, veterinary visits have been down. Now, that's changing, and millennials are driving that change quite a bit. But it's still veterinary visits and the, the pandemic I don't know. There is information to indicate that veterinary visits in many places are up. Uh, But some of those are virtual visits. I'm not negating that. I'm just saying it's hard to measure right now what's going on. And there are no measurements that I know of that have come out in that regard for 2020 yet anyway. Uh, But overall, certainly when Fear Free began, veterinary visits had been on the decline. And one of the reasons for that is the fear, anxiety, and stress associated with the visit. And that is so important because the human-animal bond, which you mentioned, and by the way, if you don't know the Human-Animal Bond Association, do check out the Human-Animal Bond Association. I think it's humananimalbond.net, right? That's right. Okay. So 
Uh, it's because it's a great organization, and none of us would. I wouldn't be here talking to you, and you wouldn't be listening to this if it wasn't for the human animal bond. I'm sure. Yeah. So, none of us, as I said, would be here if it wasn't for the human animal bond. That's an important point. Um, so, Fear Free began. <laughs> this is so much pressure. Fear Free began uh, regarding veterinary visits, and I will tell you because of the bond being what it is. If you see that your dog or cat is stressed or perceive, perception means everything, that your dog or cat is stressed or anxious, angry, upset, not all really good words to use, during the veterinary visit, and I'll tell you in a moment why they're not good words to use, they're not accurate words, um, spiteful, if, if you perceive your dog or cat is feeling any of those things and seeing the dog growl at the technician, the cat lash out and try to scratch anyone who comes near the cat. You've got 12 people holding down the dog. I mean, you don't feel very good. And it used to be clients would accept this. And it used to be veterinary professionals were told, just get it done. That's wrong. Mm -hmm. It doesn't need to be that way. And we know that now. And that's what Fear Free really is about. But those visits begin at home. Now, I said that the terms I used weren't accurate because the truth is, I think these animals sometimes think, literally, I'm going to die. Yeah. They actually believe. Now, can you imagine? Now, the pet parent may not see it that way. and may say, oh, the dog remembers last time he was here and is mad at the veterinarian. That's not quite the way we think the dogs are thinking. But nevertheless, the effect is the same. If you have, if you go to Target and have a bad experience, you're not going back to Target. Right. And, and because we care so much about our animals, which is wonderful, if we have a bad experience, we're not as likely to go back until we really need to go back. And then even if we go back, because the dog was hit by a car or some terrible thing, uh, then we may not return to the same veterinarian. Because the experience, the perception was just so bad. And we care so much and we're not accepting anymore uh, veterinarians coming out with fishing nets and chasing cats all over exam rooms. More and more people are just saying, clearly that cat is not happy and I'm not accepting that. Now, that's one side of it. The other side is today, we have the tools to use where it doesn't absolutely doesn't need to be that way. And that's really the very start, the very beginning concept of Fear Free, to minimize, if not altogether eliminate, fear, anxiety, and stress of veterinary visits. But it really begins at home. And, and that goes back to Fear Free Happy Homes. And it begins with all of your clients, uh, pet parents, True for dogs, even more true for cats. So the carrier comes out, where's the cat for most of your clients? Yeah, they're under the bed. They're hiding somewhere trying to get away from it. Under the bed? They're, they're, they're going to the U.S. passport office to try to leave the country. <laughs> you know, so, so, and it's because they are so terrified. And, of course, they've associated the carrier with the car ride with the veterinary visit because that's about the only place they go. But things are not are not necessarily better for dogs always, you know. So the dog may be, oh, I'm so happy about going in the car, 
or not, but let's say the dog is, and you drive, you drive, and you park the car, the dog looks up, sees where I'm at, and now the dog is shaking, hair is flying everywhere, and, mm-hmm. and the client is like feeling terrible, guilty even. What am I doing to the dog? My dog doesn't need a preventive care or wellness checkup. My dog seems fine. Yeah. And there are people I know who have driven right out of the parking lot and back home, you know? So we can prevent all that. And by increasing veterinary visits, which is what we want, that benefits pets because, of course, illness can be found earlier and more can be done about it if it's discovered early than if it's discovered later with a lot of different things. The prognosis is far better, right? So all of this is certainly beneficial, way beneficial for our animals not only what I just said, but the quality of the visit. So if, and now there's data to support all this, because Fear Free has done research on all this, uh, those Fear Free practices and Fear Free veterinary professionals make things safer for the pet and for themselves and happier clients and happier employees, which even goes to the point of employee retention particularly among technicians and nurses. Because let's face it, Becky, Ryan, you guys didn't say, I'm going to become a technician or nurse because I am going to be a millionaire. (laughs) Uh, If we did, we weren't right. Right? (laughs) You do it it because you love animals. It's right. You're right. But if the animals day after day after day after day after day seem angry, upset, they want to eat you alive, your heart breaks a little bit, I, I believe. And mm-hmm. over time, that really does add up. So we're even talking client per, uh, client retention. Uh, so not, not to mention client safety. I'm not, I didn't mean to say that. Uh, not, well, we are talking client retention, sure, actually. Yeah. But, but what I meant to say is employee retention. Well, you know, I think to your point there, um, well, a couple things to your point there is one, you're absolutely right because it doesn't feel good when your patients don't want to be a part of the procedure. It doesn't feel good. What's that? That's a huge reason of why I left the floor. I didn't, I hated having my patients hate me every time Mm -hmm. they came in. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it it does. It wears on you when they want to help. The other thing is, is we don't get to do the medicine, right? Like because if they, if you can't get to them, if you can't do it safely, we don't get to do as good a medicine. But the other thing is, and and you know, I guess I I take everything back to the human animal bond. Um, you know, like what I want to be clear is, is fear free homes is is a hand in hand um relationship with fear free veterinary technicians, practices, veterinarians, people at, and practices that have the certification that kind of talk about the things you can do before the visit, um things you can do with your pet at home, and then in in the same kind of realm, you can find professionals and clinics that have a passion for this and this this cooperative care where we're not forcing whatever the procedure is doesn't mean always that, um, you know, we go in and we train your pet everything. It means we find ways to desensitize um, humanely. And then what we can't desensitize, we, we, we drug. Well, yeah. Yeah. It creates such a good experience. And I want to say, um, just to attest, my sister has a German Shepherd who we is we we call just a little spicy, and um, 
I sought out a veterinary professional that was fear free certified in her area. This um, young lady's name is Monica, and I think she's at, I want to say it's Oak City Veterinary Hospital. I hope I have that right. She is a fear free certified professional, and she took a dog that has landed in doggy jail for bites and took him away from his owner because it's COVID and he couldn't stay with her. Went into an exam room, got a full examination for him, um, had a great experience with him, and then walked him back out to his owner. A, a dog that was unhandleable by by all means of anybody else. Yeah. And my sister was in tears. The dog had a decently positive experience. We used anti-anxiety drugs. We did the things we needed to do beforehand. And so it's like a total package Right. Like she knew what to do at home before she went to the vet. She went to a vet that was trained. So the dog had an experience. And it's this continued cycle of improved care and improved communication that is honestly works miracles. If you think your pet it can't be handled, if you think that your pet is mean or scared, the entire point is for that to not be the case. Yeah, really well put. I mean, that's. Exactly right. And, and, you know, it's wonderful to hear reports like this. Uh, And and a lot of these reports are associated with Fear Free. And as I said, we know from uh, studies that have now been done, uh, just asking Fear Free practices and Fear Free veterinarians and technicians, uh, what's been your experience? How do you feel about it? As well as asking pet parents. And and we now know there, there is a difference. And by the way, there's a monetary difference too, at the end of the day. I mean, uh, if the client comes back more often and is even more trusting of the veterinary professionals, of course there's going to be a monetary difference. But all of that, I argue, benefits pets. So, you know, Fear Free, I think, is the best thing that has come along uh, since I've been over 20 years involved uh, with the veterinary industry. It came along at the absolute right time and had the absolute right guy, Dr. Marty Becker, championing uh, fear free because, as I said, he's a force of nature. You can't say no to him. You cannot say this is not going to work. Uh, and and he's right. It does work. That's the thing. He's been proven right, uh, literally now a million times over. And you have entire countries saying we want to be a part of this. You know, so uh, it's slowed down a little bit because everything has slowed down a little bit on the planet. Uh, but uh, it's it's really exciting when you hear stories that I've heard now countless times. Of, of animals that, uh, from everyone's perspective, I've heard those stories from veterinarians, I've heard them from practice managers, I've heard them from technicians, I, I've heard them from pet parents. Uh, so everyone's singing the same song about how this really does make a difference. I Yeah, for me, like I said before, I, I left because of like I didn't want my patients to hate me all the time, but I also did work with a, a wonderful doctor that we took the time to stop um, if things were bad and then kind of reevaluate, give drugs, get treats, um, have the animal come back in um, and just have a fun visit before they we have to do anything with that animal. So I think it it changes the veterinary sure. clinic. I agree with you. And, and now there's uh, data. Uh, to demonstrate what you say is true, which is which is great. Uh, so, Fear Free Happy Homes, again, is the website. Uh, and everything about that website is free, which is something I'm always in favor of. Uh, so, clients, and it's written for clients. You know, it's not written in, in a way that uh, is too science-y, if you will. 
Not that clients don't want that either, because I think clients are uh, more sophisticated sometimes than given credit for. But having said that, it's written in a fun way, and there are even things to do on that website for kids and for entire families. It's again called fearfreehappyhomes.com. And I'll yeah, link that, that to our Facebook page again. So it's Making Sense of Pets. And I'm actually on the website right now. And it has um, areas for exotic pets, um, fear-free and anxiety, feral cats, grooming, um, health, behavior, environment. There's there's so much on the website. Definitely check it out. It's just like a place to go to when you're wanting that more information. And you, you, know, you do that Google search, which, you know, I don't Google shame. But the info can be super overwhelming, right? And so this is a resource, a place to go to learn more, to do better for your pets, and to find out folks that are invested in doing better for pets and taking better care of their their pets and yours. And it's folks like you, Steve Dale, who are doing so much great work, um, educating, advocating, uplifting all of this. We, I, you know, the the veterinary industry, the pet industry are both very lucky to have you. You're one of those unique individuals that touches both sides. And we thank you so much for the work that you do and for being here with us today. It's always a pleasure, Becky. You know, you're, you're one of my favorites and for good reason, for the difference you make. What did I once call you? Like uh Veteran, the, the veterinary light bulb, right? Because you're always turned on or something. Oh, you know, because you. <laughs> hey, wait, 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 wait! It's that you oh, always. No. It's that you always come up with bright ideas. That's, yeah. that's better. That's better. Most, of, most clearly, yes, it was because of bright ideas. Not, not all light bulbs are always turned on. Let's be clear. <laughs> oh, Steve, you make me blush. Oh gosh! Well. Honestly, I have to say, the stuff that you do is amazing. The work that you're doing is amazing. Um, I cannot wait until I get to see you in, in real life and give you a big hug again. It's been too long. So we want to know, are, do you have a fear-free veterinarian or do you go to veterinary clinics that practice fear-free? Have you gone to fear-free happy homes? And either way, just send us pictures of your pets. That's what we want. Yeah, and you can find us on our social media on Instagram and on Facebook at Making Sense of Pets. And the last thing I want to say is stop scruffing your cats. Yes, I agree. (laughs) Boom, stop scruffing cats. That's it. Yep, we're done. Yay! Woo!